Created in the last year that chronicles the bumpy road that truly is the pass-fail industry known as entertainment. Movies, music, movies, games, television, movies, theater, and literature all have a story to tell. I'm Spike Kittrell, and I'm joined by Richard Humphrey and Kyle Anderson, and we go to hell so you don't have to. Oh, beautiful. And I love in our intro, we say we're one. We like we don't say we're the best of four podcasts. So we're, we just claim to be among. <laughs> we're just there. Maybe if if Apple Apple Podcast is to believe, we aren't the best. <laughs> so guys, please rate us. Uh, some yeah. some some rowdy boys have given us some two and three star ratings, which are I understand giving somebody a one star rating, mm-hmm. but a two star rating is yeah. What did you like? Like, <laughs> listen, I know that I'm a two star person, but this is at least a four star podcast. I mean, Absolutely. I understand getting thirty seconds into like gangs of new york and you're like calling an ear doctor and you're giving us one star three stars is like you don't you got a problem with us <laughs> you're like, i like the content it's them yeah <laughs> uh, oh man i can't well, go anywhere else for a podcast about movies i'm just well, stuck with well, these three guys <laughs> <laughs> they are trapped it's that's why it's probably like the Scientologist who's been assigned to us. Yeah, and every time we mention him, the star sense. goes down. That, yeah. that does make um, sense. If the Scientologist who's been assigned to us since uh, Battlefield Earth is the one leaving the bad reviews. No, we know exactly <laughs> who reviewed us. And we're going to be the bigger podcast that not only doesn't name them, but gives these listeners something they can't hate. And that's an episode on Food Fight. And how did this get made, baby? Uh, this got made so <laughs> And you know why they didn't make sequels to this? Uh, Would have been diminishing it? returns. Oh, right. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> what are we even trying to do here? <laughs> Starting a war, bro. <laughs> are we? Because nobody the Swede, cares. The Swede, much like Sweden, will pick neut- will be neutral territory, will not pick a side. He's a fan he of the content and not all. a fan of us. No. Yeah, the, the Swede rips off his mask and he was the two-star review. <laughs> it's the Swede and Axel. Um, yeah. But listen, guys, I really think this is a great week for us to pick up some momentum um, with, good Lord, one of the most astounding like pieces of media ever created. Um, 2012's Food Fight, an animated, like... Excuse me, did you say 2012? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Like, like they made it on a PS One in 2012. <laughs> well, fight the movie was released. Our, yeah, in 2012. That is like when the world was allowed to watch it, like when it was out. We're like uh, mid Obama at this point, and they let this shit oh, yeah. get out. 
Yeah. I mean, Dark Knight Rises was out. The the Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. How, how amazing. <laughs> Ooh, the prelude. What is the best Spider-Man movie, apparently. I knew what was coming when I saw that one. Um, but yeah, 20, the other thing is if you go on this on like Wikipedia, um, it won't give you... A, there's no release date. It just says 2012. Like... No one cares about this movie. It's this approximate, like, it came out at some point that year. <laughs> um, which, you know, is what it is. I mean, that's not, you don't roll out, like, big bombastic premieres for Food Fight. Right, right. Well, I can imagine that, like, everyone in this movie, because when people are in movies, no matter how low budget, they're generally expected to do some kind of like promotion for it whether it's just posting on social media or yeah. doing interviews or press like there's an expectation but i can't imagine that any of these people yeah did even a single interview about food fight. food fight is like a movie that looks like kyle was saying like unfinished I-, I was experiencing it where like as you watch it you're convinced you're watching the wrong movie. Like when I turned it on, I was like, there's no way this is, I know I've heard bad things, but there's no way this is what it is. It must look like a bad animated movie, not a badly animated movie. I've never like witnessed a piece of media that instantly went through my brain and then deleted. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys. So you guys watched this movie in full, like I did, correct? Yeah. What happens? Like, uh, I couldn't tell you really what happened. Okay, okay. So, Dude, I can't remember a character name. No. I can try. Well, how do you forget the name Dex Dog Detective to be? Dex Dog Detective. He's and, a dog detective. Uh, I keep I kept dude. explaining that to Gina, and she kept just saying, that's nothing. When that's I would everything. say dog detective. <laughs> um, uh, no. no, it's about Dex Dog Detective and uh, his love, his sunshine. Um, and, uh, this, this horrible, and they are, um, anthropomorphic brands. They are icons, uh, known in this world brand as Brandopomorphic. Yeah. Brandopomorphic icons known as Ikes in this world, which does sound like a slur and they throw it around like one a uh, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they call each other Ikes a lot. And then there's a bunch of Nazi imagery in the last 25 minutes. Eww. Oh, this movie thinks Nazis are hot. Yes. This movie thinks all cleaning chemicals are Nazis. Okay, so so this kind of gets back to what, what Spike was kind of mentioning earlier of like, uh, this is like a bad, a good idea kind done kind of as horribly as it could be done because the brands that they do reference, I think the right writers could get a lot more comedy. There is a yeah. moment where Mrs. Butterworth is helping the resistance fight back the Nazis and she With starts pancake, tossing baby. pancakes like shurikens and she yells something to the effect of like, come and get some. And that owns. But there is the, also a part where a frog shits on Mr. Clean. He farts. My thing is, my favorite no, thing about a... the Mr. Clean stuff is that every time Mr. Clean is in shot, he gets spilled on and then it just washes off. Because he's Mr. Clean, man. It's beautiful. It is a it's good the way to d- realizing this is a good movie. <laughs> There is, but there is also some iconography that I'm like, I wonder if it was a matter of getting the things approved by those brands became really difficult or what it was, because there is a moment in the finale when everyone's fighting the Nazis uh, where the Twinkie kid uh, comes over and launches like one attack. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) 
Ah, Twinkie Kids here. I would have loved you mean the scenes. Scene. You mean the scene where the food fight. Where they yell the name of the movie, yes. <laughs> yeah. They do it a couple times. I love I love in episode one of Star Wars. Uh, actually, they do it in all the episodes where they When yell, they go, hey, this is an episode one. This is a Star Wars! <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys read um, Colin Trevorrow's episode nine script? No. Yeah. There's a moment where in the stage direction it reads like, General Hux has realized he has lost the Star Wars. I have this movie has a a bonkers cast like I don't know where you want to start in on this but I have a take speaking on like 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 suddenly enjoying this movie um I low key think Larry Wilmore Woodmore Wilmore Miller? Uh, Larry Miller. Miller sorry thank you uh, L- Larry Miller He is killing is it. fucking crushing it <laughs> like is as the gay vampire showing, as like this weirdly he's gay but he's also like a predator like a predator <laughs> like, he's, a, he's, a, he's the Todd from Scrubs but as like a Count Chocula yeah and it's, <laughs> and it's just wonderful and it, it, none of it works and yet somehow just being one of the best subtle comedic voices of our time perhaps he absolutely comes in and crushes this role and gives me the only moments of genuine uh, enjoyment I would get was when he was on screen. Uh, pretty much anything he did was fantastic. Um, <laughs> now, and I would even argue Charlie Sheen is doing a gentleman seven of a vocal performance from a star. He is Whoa, like it is hits, happening. He is hits, doing the uh, bare hits, minimum that it was like an acceptable job. That well, is what I'm trying about to say. Charlie Sheen is that he will do a role if it has one of two things. One, the character is his name. <laughs> or two, it's the voice of a dog. Yeah, he's down. That was in his that was his quote. <laughs> yeah, that's because like how many things is like Charlie Sheen named Charlie in? Spin City, uh Two Anger and a Half Men. Two and a half men, yeah. Anger Men, yeah. It's it, he's always Charlie because I think he doesn't know how to be another character. <laughs> like he's like, it's too hard to remember that I'm a different name. No, I mean that definitely makes sense. I think uh no, my point on him uh, total garbage person. Complete garbage person. But not the worst noir dog detective voiceover I've no. ever heard. Now, as a romantic pairing to 15-year-old Hilary Duff, not as into it. No. Uh, should not have been a 15-year-old Hilary Duff. Because that is a vocal performance uh, that is, like, AI-generated. It's, like, yeah, it's so crazy. lifeless. <laughs> you would think a very advanced Siri per- yeah. played that part. Yeah. Also, Hilary Duff wasn't 15 in 2012. Well, no, she didn't voice it in 2012. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's my thing. That's just showing how long it took for this movie to come out. Right, yeah, that she had, like, become a complete adult. I'm not even sure. It. Can you tell me a single Sunshine quote? Like, what is one... <laughs> What is one line, Sunshine? Because like, they hey, might have just mostly uh, oh, they one. might have just that. leased one. lines from uh, from Lizzie McGuire and just gotten like wild lines. <laughs> yeah, sometimes in moments you have to. Yeah. Sometimes in moments you have to choose to do the good thing or something like that, right? 
That's her quote. I don't know. <laughs> she is she is a character that is like from from execution to like from performance to design the character from writing has absolutely less than zero like her her design looks like the background dancer in like a just dance game okay guys look speaking of eating crow you guys need to hear this sunshine goodness quote on imdb two out of two people found this interesting Ah, two out of two it warms my heart the way you love my raisins tough guy Okay, also, this needs to be said. Raisins are poisonous for dogs. Yeah, like, why is he trying to be the Popeye but with raisins? It's like Um, a weird, a very weird thing to include that as if you were a kid and you watched this movie and you wanted your dog detective to be all strong and happy and you feed it raisins, (laughs) it's going to be dead detective. Christopher Lloyd is in this movie. Do it again, kind of low-key, kind of bringing it. But not at all served by the animation. The animation so is some of the most the scene jarring. It the, it's like the most horrific, uncomfortable thing you'll ever see. Well, I feel like that this movie was one of those things where they got everyone to agree on it. They had this cool idea, and then they came to the producers with, all right, now we need money for the animation. Nah. <laughs> all right, well, let's jump into it off off the producers. Um, so Larry Kasanoff is our hero this week. Now, um, what else has he done? He is an executive producer, the CEO and founder of Threshold Entertainment, uh, which he started in 1992. Now, you boys are going to enjoy this. He, um, it was formerly known as uh, Amalgamated Widgets, uh, the, and the company billed itself as an intellectual property hub harvesting rights to video games like Duke Nukem or Lego animated projects. Now, this also included, he has the rights to Mortal Kombat and was a producer on Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and the upcoming Mortal Kombat. He sort of has that, like, John Peters Superman (laughs) thing where he was just, like, he was, like, a smart guy who bought rights. He was, like, the first guy that just bought rights to have them. Oh, a genius. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, you're a widget, Harry. <laughs> oh, like, he, he's terrible. Good barely at, holds water. Good at buying companies, <laughs> bad at naming them, I will say about this dude. Well, it's subsidiary Threshold Digital Research Labs, also a real shiny name. <laughs> yeah. Um, provided animation and effects work for a variety of clients, including the Star Trek ride at the Hilton in Las Vegas. Did you guys, I feel like we've talked oh, about that. Oh, yeah, baby. That shit banged. Except it, like, st- stabs you, and, like, th- there was the Borg one that, like, stabbed you and shook you around, like the 4D movie. Yeah, there was a 4D um, movie at Disneyland that was, like, a Bug's Life one that they, uh, a, bu- yeah. a bee flew by and stung you in the back, and the chair actually, like, uh-huh, fucking yeah. punches and you. you. like, spend the whole rest of it not trusting the, the chair, chair you're, you're worried in. about the chair the whole rest of the time. Like, I remember after that, I went to see the SpongeBob 4D thing at Adventure Dome, and I was convinced the SpongeBob movie was going to stab me. I've never gone back in another 4D ride since that thing. <laughs> Once you, you knew, like, wait, it's just... Me legal once. for you to stab me? I didn't know I, you could um, hurt me. Stab me once. <laughs> I went and saw uh, the Matrix in 4DX, Oops. and <laughs> the chair used me as a punching bag and got its reps in. 
all night, baby. What was it gonna massage you and give you water? Like it's the fucking matrix. <laughs> Chair does kung fu. <laughs> Well, because like the chairs, it, it was it actually the best forty. Like flying, or everyone's <laughs> flying around in chairs. It, 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 uh, the chairs moved with the camera angles, which is pretty it, nice. But it was just it, like I got beat it up. It inserts you know, like that, that metal uh, like worm thing into your belly yeah, it, button during it, the movie. Removed your mouth. <laughs> It's crazy. Every seat uh, came with a mirror, yeah, and at a certain point, you had to touch it. You just pulled two pills out from the cushions. If the next Matrix movies 3D doesn't come with little Morpheus 3D glasses, I'll be so Why upset. are they making the movie? Why make yeah. the movie? The tech is there, finally. Why get Keanu out of bed for that? Keanu's like, um, look, I want to do the movie, but the glasses got to be right. So, Threshold... <laughs> also tried to court the young male demographic of the emerging internet with content like the series Bikini Masterpiece Theater. I was going to say they're selling fedoras. Okay, now, like, <laughs> I went looking Maida. for Bikini Masterpiece Theater uh -huh. and could not find a fucking frame of it. <laughs> um, there are, like, several articles or little, like, things about it, but there's also a dead link like a link to a dead website called thresholdbabes.com oh god um but it was basically just supermodels reading uh, like and performing classic literature and theater so like this reminds me of those of like uh it'll probably be a future episode at some point but like do you know about the guy game no the guy game was like this bizarre video game that was like barely released because of its like uh like super raunchy rating or whatever but it was kind of like it, trying to cash it on that wake of like uh, leisure shoot the, larry the, like, like the internet oh, i remember that i remember seeing that and not being able like, to like like right at the tail end my parents the yeah. tail end of being like of of video store porn and like the beginning of internet porn right like right in that mm -hmm. sweet spot the guy game was like a trivia game uh, that was like had all this real footage where they went to like uh, spring break and were like asking girls trivia and you basically tried to guess the trivia. And then if you were right and the girl was wrong, she would like I think eventually if you got to the finals, they would like take their shirts off and stuff. Uh, and it was Dang, like dude. that was like the big. But there's also like all I mean, of these there, to see there were like lawsuits with it and stuff because like nobody knew that it was going to be in like a video game forever. Like it was like a whole. We'll, we'll explore it at some point. But it sounds so this it, is not sounds on reminiscent. <laughs> this is yeah. You can get it on Stadia, I think, um, which would play with very high fidelity. I'm sure. Oh, cool. The cool ray cool. tracing for sure. Um. So in 1999, Kasanoff and a Threshold employee, Joshua Wexler, conceived of a film in which food mascots would come alive uh, when away from prying eyes. Like, basically, like you said, Kyle, like, just, they were like, let's do Toy Story, but with... It's Toy Story, but here's the thing about... Let's do about, food Toy Story. Yeah, the thing food about story. it, though, that is really interesting to me, right, is with Toy Story, you sort of have this baked-in sense of scale, right, where you know... Everyone mm -hmm. knows how tall an action figure is, right? You know how tall an army man is. So when these things are in a shot and there's a big bed in the background, you're like, yep, all of this checks out, makes sense, and my brain is very happy. Thank you very much, it Pixar. It makes no sense that there's just a city. It makes no sense that that the Dog Detective cereal brand mascot is the size of Woody. 
and can get like crushed by a person. And the thing and it like furthers to not make sense of like, okay, well, why is the chicken of the sea mascot tiny? Shouldn't he be the size of a fish? Right. And should and should he be out of water? <laughs> right, right, right. Why is the penguin? Why is the kid cuisine this penguin movie tiny? Has the is it like the same scale and concept of what scale is like as like uh that Will Smith fish movie? Shark Tale. Don't Shark act like Tale, you didn't yeah. watch it today. <laughs> I said Shark Tale in you my head it's... and then Kyle kept making his point and then I got and then it got to me. <laughs> And I was like, fuck. Most people only have about five minutes of thinking about Shark Tale a year until they just go insane. Mostly. Yeah, my quote is up. Um, yeah, it, it, you ever it, see a big-lipped woman and go, yeah, that looks like that fish from Shark Tale? <laughs> no, <laughs> All the time. That's not universal. Um, Actually, technically it is. Shit. Um, no, yeah, and you're right, and I also think that, like, on the emotional side of it, we don't need to get into why this is a bad movie. We know why it is. But, like, d- that idea is sort of doomed from the start because there's no... Toy Story is ultimately... All of them are about um, the toy's relationship with people and specifically, you know, Andy. Um, whereas, like, food is by nature... Like, I've never had this, like... F- I've never had an emotional connection to a box of cereal well, or even, like, a cereal food. mascot. Everything is food. Everything is meat. He needs me. Now, he needs me. He needs me. He needs me. He needs me. <laughs> Everything and is food. Large. No, but um, but there is there there does lack an inherent like the Lego movie was great at cashing in on like your affinity for Legos. Whereas yeah, why this, does this matter? This is a made up raisin brand and a made yes. up cereal brand. And I don't give a shit. But at the same time, like, I can't say that I would, like, really be emotionally invested in a Tony the Tiger. Like, made up or not Spike, made up. Spike, you would be into being crunchitized by the Cap'n. Being crunchitized? Yeah, by the Cap'n. Yeah, Spike loves Vor, so I'm sure you would love being crunchitized by the Captain. By the Cap'n. What is this thing you just said? Oh, don't come at me like you don't know about Vor, my dude. Vor? <laughs> Vor is like a weird fetish that people have online. Well, hey, weird. I, who am I to say? If you're one of our listeners and you love Vor, don't rate us two stars. It's four or five. So it's like a pretty chill kink. It's a kink uh, where you want to be eaten by a big woman. <laughs> you want to uh, go, go inside okay. of her mouth. Okay. Let's rewind. Just like Let's you. rewind. Just like you want, I feel Spike. like at one point someone said Spike it's, was into this. It's that thing Spike loves more. All right, no. This isn't a bit. Richard's not allowed to make memes about here. this for Instagram. This is not a thing Spike loves. Man, that's like when you get a nickname you don't like. I feel like we're so fucking punchy because we've been trying to record this episode for like an hour and a half. And we've just had Yeah, now we call Spike Vor Gerbinski. Fucking burnt melted down. All right, guys, listen. Um, So, like Kyle said, this is a great movie to send off and, like, you know, get brands to be engaged with it, to partner up with it. Um, An information packet sent to potential licensees uh, read... Imagine shopping carts, uh, sorry, imagine shopping cart chase scenes up and down the aisles in the same manner as Ben-Hur. 
Kasanoff also at one point referred to it as, as saying, this is our Casablanca. And there are Casablanca references, but like they really thought they were making a tremendous piece of <laughs> art. Frankly, here. my dear, I don't give a spam. No, that's not too bad. They, they see, um, but they then they like those jokes are peppered in as a way. Like somebody yelled at one point, a character was hit on, uh, a character who was sexually assaulted, and she yelled, "Get a shelf life!" And it's like, <laughs> what are we doing? It's too much. Well, like two seconds into the movie, not a word has been spoken. You already have four puns on screen. Yeah, it, it's also this thing where, like, I would, to say that to four seconds into the movie, it, it's so clearly immediately an unfinished movie when it just, like, smacks to, like, a on-white title card with, like, a logo for the movie, and then... This whole movie felt like test footage, like I had texted, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it was, like... Felt like a bonus like all feature. The, all of the music felt... Like placeholder rock music that they had the studio oh, guy do that. The day. music is such an obvious like. Oh, oops! We only made seventy minutes of a movie. When that music leading up into the final Nazi battle, it is one of the most <laughs> like. I had such a strange feeling watching it, where I'm just uncomfortable, and I I I don't even know who I want to win. Uh, the movie began as a $25 million joint investment made by a Threshold and Korean investment company Natural Image, with the producers expecting that foreign pre-sales and loans against the sales would provide the remaining portion of the budget, which was another $50 million. So this movie cost $75 million. So um, how did this movie launder $60 million yeah. okay. away? That's a legitimate... Okay, so it's I have stumbled money on this. Scheme for this sure. is 100% what happened. So, and there's so much fucking evidence towards that end. So, Ooh. Um, so Kasanoff worked with IBM for on-demand processing power off-site, an early precursor to cloud uh, <laughs> IBM and that naked. he predicted would save the production millions in operating expenses. Again, I'm convinced, like, this all ends with me being convinced, like, he... My theory is that this movie what it is as to as of today was always the plan this is exactly what he knew would happen but at the same time he's a functioning producer he's producing mortal kombat for next year or for this year like he's not a criminal who made off with this money i just think that i don't think that the plan was to make an incredible movie out of food fight the, this is the producers it's a hundred percent the producers so Kasanoff decided like even down to the Nazi imagery. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre, honestly. Like, like the 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 idea. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibilities to to be like, oh, I'm gonna take a cut, I'm gonna take an L, but we're gonna get a cast together that's going to internationally make it get this much of a budget and, and like you know what I mean? Because you print these names on a thing, like you have an SNL cast member, you have you know you have all these, these iconic movies come out every year like that mm -hmm, though. Like mm -hmm. uh sure. What, remember Hoodwinked? Yeah, of course. Nope. How could you forget Hoodwinked? Is that the one with Kevin Smith? No. Uh what maybe That's I don't Dougal. I know. Wasn't there a movie called Dougal? Dougal uh Dougal is the Kevin Smith one. Uh, Hoodwinked has uh, David Spade and Anne Hathaway. Spade. It's uh, Andy Dick and Anne Hathaway in the first one, and the second one was uh, Hayden Panettiere. Hoodwinked. And so the, I think there's no Andy I Dick lo lives in a tool shed. 
that's my hammer over there. <laughs> when, I wave, screwdriver, when I wave that it. saw, it makes a hey, weird you guys noise. Screw? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> There's our three-star review. Um, it's so Kasanoff decided to produce and direct, uh, despite having no prior experience directing or in animation at all, um, proclaiming that Threshold would become the next generation Pixar. Oh, wow. Um, this is in 1999 when Pixar is, like, not in the rearview mirror. You know, like, now and the last 25 years. Like, Pixar has never been, has not been in trouble at all. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, God. this is, like, that a... really hit Kyle hard. It, like, it's such a recurring theme of this show to... Like, and all I could say is, fuck it, if you're gonna come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and Pixar is the animation Star Wars. They are the animation Star Wars for sure. And so often on this show, we hear somebody say, oh, I want to go after the greatest guys who write musicals. I want to go after <laughs> the greatest, you know, movie, the, the biggest movie franchise of all time. I want to go after the biggest video open world video game of all time. I want to bring them down and show them. I could do that shit better. And there's such a hubris and dis detachment that I think this this podcast has started to highlight in these creatives where the delusion of like they really don't think there's anything special behind these big things. You know what I mean? Sure. And that they could just do it, too, which is like we all kind of have to have that spark to want to be in this industry. But there's another level to these to these individuals, I feel. I think the other level is it's like uh, there's tr uh, it's trusting the algorithm too much a little bit too you know like this movie feels like it was made by an algorithm and like to say that Hollywood itself doesn't have an algorithm for how it punches out movies and how it analyzes data is like uh, yeah like, no a hundred percent like it's like like the reason we have so many superhero movies is because we were only seeing superhero movies for a little yeah bit, and know? i mean i mean what <laughs> like, is like what is disney plus if not a data you know aggregate like it's sure. just like they literally looked at their data points and went oh mandalorian is outperforming everything else by 800 percent 10 more star wars shows yeah, disney finally oh, uh, has our information and whatever in whatever home. Star Wars show in that slate that they put out takes off, that's going to be the kind of content we see for the next five years after that. You know what yeah, I mean? What like, do you think, like, is going to happen because the Bad Batch does well? Right. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get, like, only animated Star Wars for a while, the and we're going to get a bunch of batch. fans that go, Hey, um, so I think that uh, <laughs> Star Wars only works as an animated franchise, and we should just stick to that, because you can get the flight to fancy better, and I'm like, shut up, dog. Guys, have, hear me out, and this is bad, throwing out the bad idea so we can work it out, um, like, just get it out there, get it in the room. What about the better batch? The good batch. The good batch. And then they find out that they were the Bad Batch at the end of they season two. They were in the Bad Batch at the <laughs> yeah. end of the season one. They find out this has been the Bad Batch all along. <laughs> Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, and we're out here with the other Batch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Bad Barbie. It's uh -huh. Nicki Minaj. And it's the, okay. and it's the Baddie Batch. Sasha Baron Corin. Sasha Baron Cohen, and he makes Borbatch. <laughs> Borbatch. 
and it's about a batch that goes around and gets racist people. Jedi. Sucks. This show sucks. Rate us two stars. <laughs> I'm gonna review it. Too. It was it was us that reviewed it. <laughs> we get a negative star for every Borat reference, and we're like every episode so far we've made one. I mean, Borbatch is bulletproof. How could I not jump on that? Um, with pre-production underway, Joshua Wexler and consultants met with major brands. Uh, enticing them with the notion of free on-screen placement in exchange for promoting the film upon its release. So sort of, you know, like, we'll just put, let us put Coca-Cola wherever, and then and then you get to put Food Fight stuff on your cans. Right. Yeah, it's like we would get those, like, uh, the, those tuna, like, Lunchable things, and uh-huh. they would just, like, have it Food Dex, Fight. Like... Dex Dog Detective on it. It was two years <laughs> were spent negotiating with more than 80 food industry characters, um... And it was like a process of strange negotiation. The brand managers at Georgia Pacific agreed that Brawny Man could come to life and share a moment with Mr. Clean, but the Angel Soft Baby... They both have to fuck the same housewife? (laughs) That's the rules. But the Angel Soft Baby can't be seen off of the clouds. Can't be seen off of, like, perched on her clouds. So, like Kyle said, like, there were these weird back and forth compromises with all these things. But like, that, that's my thing, though, is, like, if you're gonna go for it, have, like, a third act story beat being, like, oh, yeah. the baby soft baby coming down off a cloud and, like, helping, like, heals the good guys sure. or something well, with cleaning goodness. It's strangely like, the, like, <laughs> masterstroke, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but of Sausage Party, that the ending is just, like, the most extreme... What the it's, fuck yeah, uh, ending? They put meth into the air vents and then everybody is on meth or something? Which is like how a movie should, uh, like that needs to end to rationalize <laughs> It's how every movie should end. <laughs> oh, they all should end. Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars script, pretty good because it actually ends with this sequence, right? Where they go in. <laughs> they all just start fucking and sucking yeah. each other. At the end of King Kong, minutes. like he's sitting there, he's swatting away planes, but they're just sitting there the shooting meth at him. Oh, my God. Um, so, Kasanoff <laughs> predicted uh, a huge $100 million tie-in merchandising campaign with the film being promoted by partners like Procter & Gamble and Coca-Cola. There would be multiple Food Fight web series, storybooks, plush toys, and possibly a live stage show, Food Fight on Ice. Hey, and why? And Because, hey, if you're ever in the freezer section, you've got a friend. Uh, in me yeah they uh, they did all but say that (laughs) (laughs) i mean have you guys like what who thought of on ice who was the first guy to go like what about this on ice that's the title i was a wild i was looking at uh i was looking at the director's uh directing credits besides food fight yeah and the first one on there is Mortal Kombat Live, the stage show. Yeah, the and, uh, Threshold did a lot of CG work for theme parks and stage shows. And so um, do you remember uh, touring shows when we were younger would be like Power Rangers Live yeah. or like uh, see the Rugrats. They still do that. Marvel, Marvel th- Live is a big thing right now. Uh, yeah, and they, Avatar, those, uh, they did an uh, Avatar one too. 
And uh, I think that, like, he made a lot of money like that, and that's still, like, his bread and butter at that point, you know? Hmm. And, like, cause you, uh, because Cirque du Soleil, as much as they were just, like, a show that was on the Vegas Strip, they had five or six touring shows that, like, none of us have ever seen. They have a whole luchador one. Yeah, I mean, they... We could do a whole pod about how Cirque du Soleil kind of ruined uh, the Vegas show experience, uh, but but anyway, um, the, I don't know much about that. That's interesting. They, they, well, mean, they sort of came in and destabilized everything. From like shows used to be a thing that you either got comped or were like twenty or thirty dollar tickets because they wanted you to come yeah. and buy drinks and be entertained and you oh, know there was but song they made and it dance a, a worthwhile event they made it like a 200 dollar like that's one of your nights is you're doing that wow you know what i mean like yeah and so you used to go see spam a lot at mandalay bay or you used to go see mama mia or the producers my, my professor one of my theater professors at uh csn was a hambone used baby. to be the uh the uh merlin in the in the one at the uh, Excalibur in their live mm-hmm. show. And they, he was like, yeah, we Tournament got of Kings. Yeah. He's like, we, we got replaced by Cirque du Soleil. Like just everything. Wow. It just kind of like cannibalized the strip. But I have a, I have an interesting ice on ice story. Uh, my dad one year from work got like one tickets and like a work raffle to the ice capades. Um, mm-hmm. And it just said the, I remember this so vividly because we looked at everything afterwards to confirm the tickets yeah. were just the ice capades. We go, we come there. All the marketing is just the ice capades, right? It's Christmas time. We get inside. They announce it as Clay Aiken's ice capades. <laughs> and then it proceeds to good, be boy. a Clay Aiken concert. And we hear other people around us being like, you know, we're going to come see Clay Aiken. And like, Honestly, good bit. Nobody was. Nobody and, wanted to be, and then the, the most vivid memory of all, because I learned what a whore was that night. Uh, I learned what a prostitute was. A man brought like a high end hooker, uh, like clearly to Clay Aiken on ice, Clay Aiken on ice. <laughs> It was like the I was clear, invisible. Like this so, weirdo looking, sketchy little, creepy looking dude. He had like a fanny pack and shit. Like I remember it so vivid. He looked like a chomo. And he's just there with like a, a plastic surgery out Maxim model. Wow. And I remember <laughs> I had this is another like tangent like that, but like. I was born in September of 1993, and for some, and that was like the anniversary of Barnum and Bailey. Okay. So every American baby born was given a free ticket to Barnum and Bailey's circus. Wild. <laughs> that I like. What? I, I like cashed in like 16 years later, and it was dog shit. <laughs> I've literally never been to the circus. I went, I went to the Barnum It was like a story about an elephant learning how to love or something. Yeah, they started doing too much storyline, which is like, I just want to come watch clowns be cool. But I, I want to watch you get into, I want to know how many of you can get in a car. Did you also That's go to the I Orleans to see it? It was at the Orleans. Maybe we I, went to the same I went, show. I went to one when I was like 16 uh, and I had been... Um, I'd like just gone out of town with some friends like to the lake. And so I had like Mm -hmm. the worst sunburn I'd ever had in my life. Like my skin was like bubbled up. Like it was so fucking bad. But my parents had bought these tickets and they wanted to come at like go as a family. So even though I wasn't feeling well, they were like here, like put on like I had on this like really light, like silk, like like 
button down that I could just like put over myself and didn't have to like get it because I literally like could couldn't even wear like a cotton shirt and I'm sitting there in the crowd and I'm like not even paying attention really I'm like I th- we were there with my grandparents I think I was talking to my grandma and the clowns were like walking around in the crowd before the show and this clown comes up and like <laughs> grabs me to like massage my back like really really overzealously no. like that's his bit no. and I start fucking screaming and the clown breaks character the clown breaks character and he's like oh my god are you okay are you okay and, I'm, and I like show him I'm like I'm super badly sunburned and he I remember he looked at his hands and he went oh my god and he like oh. went backstage <laughs> and I've always felt so bad that this clown just wanted to make some kid who like clearly like looked like he didn't want to be there you know and he was like oh i'll go rouse this kid and put a smile on his face he was like what have i done <laughs> did you see him later in the show like c- kind of limping through it kind of struggling no we just heard a gunshot in the distance <laughs> i, I would have stood up and looked at him whenever he came out <laughs> you heard a gunshot in the distance and he was robbing troy duffy yeah. um he redeemed himself his redemption arc is complete so yeah, man, food fight on ice. That's what he was thinking. He he thought like yeah. this was an early. This is 1999. This is like a guy who's like, it, it he basically conceiving of the business model of anything now, which is like assault people with the property. Mm-hmm. I think this was built around the ice thing, you know, because like. Because Mortal Kombat probably made enough money touring because all those like it filled stadiums like all of those little live things always did made money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, it was also a conscious idea to not feature. This is exactly to Kyle's point. um, It it was their idea to not have the mascots um, appear as the main characters, and instead to have them as the background characters thresholds idea was to that the proprietary characters that they created like dex dog detective um would have would become so famous because of the movie that they would be courted by like you know kellogg's or coca-cola to become mascots for cereals and candy and stuff they think that is oh we'll we'll create dex dog detective imply that he is a cereal brand and then he'll be so famous, Kellogg's will want to make the Dex Dog Detective cereal brand. The like, exact same business model of, like, we will make Buzz Lightyear, and then Mattel will want, or whoever will want to make Buzz Lightyear as a toy, you know? But it's like, again... Right, the Wreck-It Ralph no. game will get made by somebody after Wreck-It Ralph is such a beloved character. Yeah, but... Sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, then I have to go into testing and I have to make a food product. And then I have to go and I have to sit and I have to have a bunch of kids taste this chocolate cereal that might be good or not, you know? Like, Again, I'm <laughs> there's convinced seven, none of this was actually the plan. Like, I, I get that it's just like, let's have multiple funnels of, like, revenue and let's do it through making one movie that spider webs into, like, not just media but everything else. But it's not going to happen. Well, I like, think it's – I think there's an interesting idea in the the thought of what if we could essentially eliminate the marketing budget? 
right? Because we always talk about yeah. this of like a, a Marvel movie costs a hundred million dollars, but it takes two hundred to market it properly, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if they can get printed on all the cups and they can be printed on, you know, their their movie is featured in the Eggos commercial that's running anyway. You know what I mean? It's more a trade than a than a buy, right? It's more of a trade, and they just get to leverage the the time in this movie, which is worthless to them otherwise you know what i mean like it's only an expense to them honestly they can leverage that off of having to advertise in the back end if it was ever meant to be successful i think that's an interesting concept but Mm -hmm. you would almost like like it's almost imagine if toy story didn't try and invent all the toys in the whole world full cloth and and they kind of do that a little yeah. bit, right? Like there's some, but they're sort of older. They made them like they made them simple enough, like a slinky dog. Was yeah, or or like a like, but they've had Barbies since then, I guess. But like yeah, and etch a sketches. Slinky dog. So was it's real. like they made them. Slinky dog existed. Um, obviously, Mr. Potato or Potato Head is there now referred. Mm-hmm. Um, or or um, what is it? Yeah, like you said, Barbie was in, like, one shot of the first one, right? The army like men. Yeah, like, exactly. there was stuff that sort of, uh, like... But then they branded their own army men. If it had been yeah. Stretch Armstrong and the Red Power Ranger and, like... Suddenly you're sharing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm in. But, but at that same time, like, like that might have been an interesting way to market that movie. But I think what a lot of these guys who are in a producer's mindset, right? Like a producer, they care about those kinds of functional parts of how do we fund it? How do we market it? How do we release? How do we get return? Like they have to think about it that way. They're not thinking about it as the legacy, the the longstanding legacy of it as a movie. So it, it was originally intended to be a computer animated film resembling the original hand drawn Looney Tunes shorts. Um, Animators, mm. this is basically squash and stretch, which I feel like has come up at one point, even though we haven't done Popeye. something like this. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So the squash and stretch sort of exaggerated motions, the the big like, and there are bits of that in this movie. You know, like someone zipping out of the screen, and then <laughs> it's actually done better live action in the eighties than they pulled it off CGI yeah. in twenty twelve. Um, and like, you know, I feel like you see it a little bit because something happens that shifts that, but you still see it in remnants of like like when the, the brand ambassador comes in and is like or the guy there's like a character who like basically looks like a furry poop. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name, but like yeah, like his like where the motions are just not right, but you can see that an animator thought it could well, Be or even energetic. even even characters that in the background of other scenes, I don't know if you guys noticed this, are like they're looping animations that they used from another scene. Clearly, like when the the loop de loop is being attempted the first time, and Dex is gonna crash, and like Dex's buddy crashes or whatever. Um, the moose. I don't know if you guys noticed the moose is doing like he's doing like conversation animations like to nobody in the background, like because I guess <laughs> I they clearly were like, oh, he can't just be standing completely still like t-posing so he Uh needs to be doing something so let's just copy and paste these animations from some other scene where he's talking well he's talking you know well and it's like maybe we send him with with, um with with (laughs) what is it sunshine goodness yeah who like she's playing with like five or six little kids who all just look like like nintendo (laughs) me's 
that are just kind of like bumping into each other. Like they just typed in a six character algorithm to make these things move and that's it. They just like, Shh. how about those ugly fucking rats though? That kept going yeah. and then fighting each other. The rats. Yeah. Well, it's also like to that end, they didn't, you know, they, they, CGI still didn't have the capacity for things like water or, or fur. So there are a lot of characters who are even announced as like, Oh yeah, you hairless gerbil, you hairless like there's a lot of like ball everyone looks scalped. Oh in no, this movie. CG had the power back then. They just didn't cuz they didn't have the tools. Yeah. Well, the fur wasn't figured out until Monsters well, Inc. Well, like, fur was figured out well, like a little bit of this. But also, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, then you can make your guy anything. Why isn't he a spoon-based detective? Make him a fucking spoon. You can make a spoon look good. Like, that feels more food fight anyway. The, the fact that he's a, like, McGruff the crime dog-like character makes zero fucking sense towards anything else. Other than just, like, kids <laughs> like dogs, I guess. But it, they do. Like, I think about I sent McGruff the crime dog a lot. I know it's like another tangent, but how like in the commercials a lot. Uh, yeah, because in the commercials, it would be like, if you see this McGruff sticker, you're safe there. And I was like, I don't think any child's going to be like, all right, I'm safe. At the <laughs> all right, I, was I, I did have like like a sick, twisted, like fantasy of like, oh, I've been separated from my parents at the grocery store and there's someone chasing me. And I see I see someone has this sticker and I walk up and I go, I need help. And they go, McGruff must have sent this kid. <laughs> You have you had a sick twisted fantasy of getting help from an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of like being in a in like a life or death situation and, and then like seeing the iconography identifying you from this crew that, that of like people. Fox Kids told me what to do, and because yeah. I watched Yu Gi Oh, I know, and I'm safe. And <laughs> Yeah, see, that's why I think about it so much. It's because you'll still see a white truck with an on it, and I'm like, what do I trust? <laughs> so I had sent some pictures in the Discord of Dex Dog Detective, uh, but his hands are like I feel like what you either do with a with a a, a dog salad is you either yeah, it's literally salad fingers. Um, if you if you you either you know, make his hands human hands or you give him dog hands. They've chosen to give him four like Mewtwo like fingers <laughs> that sort of <laughs> extend and are are long and skinny and horrifying. And literally, if you don't know salad fingers, uh, you should, but it's very. <laughs> May I inquire about your spoons? Um, but it's uh, it's horrifying. And then there's a shot where he is sort of caressing her face um, towards the end of the movie. One of the times where he says, uh, "I have to keep you safe, sunshine," or "I have to be okay, sunshine." If I'm not, who else will be here? To make sure you're safe. Which I listened to and I said there's no way and I went back it took me about 10 minutes to find the spot again <laughs> and I list I played the two time codes and I took I downloaded the movie and took it into Adobe Premiere like this Zapruder film to make sure and it is delivered <laughs> make sure. it is the same audio clip <laughs> like like I don't 
I think maybe he got to that page. He was like, yep. And I read those words already. <laughs> and he like kept flipping. Jesus. All right, guys. That's so much work. Now, in 2002, uh, a large portion of the film was stolen during a break-in at the Threshold's Santa Monica offices in what Kasanoff called an act of, quote, industrial espionage. Whoa. He referred to this as it an was incredibly the, it was the, complex crime. It was a fucking teddy bear, dude. <laughs> it was a fucking detergent bear. <laughs> now, he stated that an investigation... Uh, was unable to find the thief, and that the investigation included the United States Secret Service. Now, that can't be true. That literally can't be true unless either the president was a suspect. <laughs> which, or which, a person of interest. Or the movie was somehow tied to the printing or laundering of money. That's what I'm saying. There, So... <laughs> In two sources I found that are that were doing bigger digging than I do, you know, I'm just basically pulling from the people that already did the pulling. There's no real police report of this. This wasn't a reported crime. Kasanoff just they just said this happened. <laughs> so this is the evidence of like, I know you gave us 40 million. Here's the reason why there's nothing to show. Don't ask where that 40 million went. It went a into the burglar stuff that was ate stolen. Our homework. <laughs> yeah, 100%. If only that money went if, right into Kasanov's y- yacht. If only they had uh if only they had a, a strong-willed detective to put the clues together. I know he's he had just case. solved his 500th case. <laughs> like what if the first movie that got stolen was fucking awesome? Like there, it is a trailer. So good. From that uses that fo- that you can find early footage of it and it looks better. There's a trailer with Chester che- uh, Chester Cheetah like riding a motorcycle, which I know it sounds like shit, but like you know what Food Fight cool. ended up being. Yeah. It and the animation looks like man. If they have another year of working on this, this is gonna look kind of okay. Hmm. Um, Especially but, for 2003, 2004ish, like like a pre this, Toy Story two time. Yeah, yeah. like a pre Finding Nemo. Movie, like, um, yeah, this movie looks like uh, when you see Marvel previs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Again, uh, that's what I'm saying. It looks like a bonus feature. It, there is literally walls in this movie that have that effect from the Nintendo 64 in like Legend of Zelda or something where it's like, OK, well, this is a big wall of a cavern and we're not going to make a different wall pattern that's bigger. So we're just going to stretch this one. It just goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like super low poly. It's so gross looking. We made a one by one and we need a like a one by five. Everything so is so we won't, gross. Yeah. So with the film, look, this is kind of a callback to a lot of things from previous episodes have, have come back with this. Um, so or previous episodes when the film looking to start over trade publication millimeter called food fight. One of the most complex digitally animated feature films ever produced <laughs> with 138 main characters 6,200 secondary characters, and 174 sets. Now, Toy Story had about five or six sets. What? And King Kong had 90,000 individual buildings. Just, like, that just sounds 
incredibly poorly planned. Like there's a reason there's yeah. five sets in Toy Story and it's because they know they have to make them detailed and vibrant and well-designed and dynamic and interesting. And feel like rooms places. and feel like places yeah. where none of these feel like like they're standing in like a palace and i'm like okay when the lights are on in the grocery store what the fuck is this like this isn't made no. out of like bananas <laughs> and like chip bags it's a movie that makes you mad yeah it's it's literally um, like yeah in this article kasanoff said that the film was 14 to 18 months from completion um and i did the math so am i it came out 108 months later <laughs> <laughs> some real, he's throwing up some he real was, LA Noir numbers on uh, on his. He was close. <laughs> he was getting there. Man, how long was that crunch? Yeah. Twenty-two thousand yeah. page script or what? Um, now, with no backup available, the production started from scratch in two thousand four. Um, after months of additional conceptual work, but the break had given Kasanoff a sudden, terrible new idea. He now wanted to direct the movie like a live action movie, complete with retakes, motion capture, and uh, and more spontaneity. As a result, and he and the animators were like on totally different pages. Like he was just like he went from Looney Tunes squash and stretch to I want to make like Beowulf. I want to make like motion capture, like a legit yeah. That's a live that's action a complete one eighty, and also not like just completely the wrong take for this so yeah, was he 100%. like sitting in like the waiting room uh for like a pitch meeting with the studio and he heard on the other side of the walls Zemeckis talking about his new technology <laughs> and, well, here's, like, here's something to remember with all of this is that there's no pitch meeting with this guy it was he is the ceo of this company he thought of it and decided to direct true. it this is like if we Harvey Weinstein directed a movie, you know, like this is like if if Bob Iger said, I'm going to direct. Right. He doesn't have Daredevil, to. He's, or, you know, Doctor Strange, too. He's spending three years getting all these brands to sign contracts so that he doesn't have to answer to anybody, really. It, it, it's an interesting concept of of having that level of freedom because he's just giving it to himself. It sort of reminds me of like those um, movies that like Viners or TikTokers have made that they're all like really bad, but they're like just self-funded because this person makes a hundred grand off their Patreon every week or whatever. Yeah. So they can afford to just drop 300,000 on like a really shitty low budget indie movie. <laughs> it um, There's a lot of it that feels like, uh, like I've, I've got nieces and nephews and I've watched like the... Uh, like, like the Barbie animated series and shit like that now. And all of these characters move like that. Like, uh, like they don't want to spend money on this brand, but there's an offset that could still get them a way to funnel them back to the brand. And I feel like that's where the system lays now, you know, like there's a bunch of these, like, um, like Netflix has a deal with DreamWorks to have all of their like TV shows. And Netflix itself just has these bevy of like random brands like that, like those straight to DVD, like, uh, versions of brand stuff you like, like uh, almost like a like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, even you know, like this yeah. is trying. Good. To... I feel like I know I watched it, but was it good? Uh, there's a um, I think the TV show was good. I think there's no. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon where it's like you don't have to yeah. call it good or bad. It's just existed. You know, I watched That's a. Awesome. Uh, I watched. I, I watched I a, stuff just being. On. I watched a really cool video essay uh, about um, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command where they got. Did it pop up after Food Fight? 
No, no. Uh, but they got they got one of the creators. People who liked this are fucking crazy. <laughs> no, I watched it a few weeks ago, but they got one of the, uh, I, th I believe the showrunner of the show on the in the video, like through Zoom. Um, and it was really interesting of the movie, like the show was actually being made between the two movies. And because the original, originally the second Toy Story was supposed to be a straight to DVD. So they were yeah, greenlit yeah. thinking, okay, this will be a straight to DVD. This can go on right away. And then the next movie was coming out and they were like, well, hold on, wait, we don't, we want to make sure that that doesn't interfere with the release of the movie. And they were like very protective of the movie. Um, but uh, it's interesting how they were basically given free reign to uh, like um, reimagine, like imagine all of this lore of the star of like mm -hmm. star, command star command light year. and what that means yeah. and these other races and robots and like all the rules of that universe and then and how disney, the lasers work and yeah. disney has completely ignored all of it like the creator of that show was even like you know they had like the girl character on there who i think had a really good design she had like the red hair and the blue skin and she like looked really cool and uh, he's like, yeah, at the start, like the Buzz Lightyear ride, they put up art of like other Star Command members and like they own the rights to all these characters. They could just print them in the ride and fans would be like, oh, cool, it's them from the thing. And instead, it's just wow. it's like clearly inspired. It's like a blue skinned girl, but it's not her. I think you're I like, forget why? why I think I think that the show rubbed Pixar the wrong way precisely because of the freedom that they had. Um, so there's this thing where there's a, the first pilot is like a one hour long, uh, like I had it on VHS sort of thing. Yep. And it had Tim Allen. Right. And so here's what's interesting. So they got Patrick Warburton, who I think is insanely a better. No, like, incredibly. Should be yeah. replaced in like the main movies. The voice actor of our time. He is it fucking beer, beer. These guys yeah, I watch, I like these guys, a screwdriver these guys I watch Montagical, uh, shout out to them on Twitch, Montagical plays, uh, they, they always are, are good. Peter, 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 <laughs> Peter, Peter he has effectively let that character, like he will approach that character in a new way every Peter. couple of years. Like he's not getting, he won't let that show get boring for himself. No, hundred percent. I, he doesn't uh, let uh, life get boring for himself. So, so like great. I found a new way to say why yeah. have you ever uh, so, you ever had a smoked salmon so he's one of the most clearly one of the most like you said a voice actor of our time like such a clear and <laughs> guys, interesting guys, comedic guys, what would it sound like <laughs> if andy dick and patrick wardburton had a conversation i think it would go <laughs> a little something like this <laughs> sorry kyle go ahead no so basically they got greenlit, but because they were having to wait, they were like, well, just go ahead and like make your episodes in whichever order you want. Right. So they basically hmm. got to shoot that movie that came out first. They got to animate it last. So because of that, they had a really good like they could go back and rewrite things and put in little Easter eggs and they were able to like really tool it. And they would have normally not gotten to do that. And they had everything really nailed down perfectly. And Patrick Warburton had like brought so much to the character. And actually, 
uh, uh, Larry Miller is also in that show. He plays the robot, and they were talking in that thing about how incredible he was of like coming up with jokes on the fly and improving and like hmm. bringing so much life to that to that robot character. Um, but Patrick Warburton had done the movie and the whole series, and then Disney was like, "Oh, if we're going to release this movie right after the second movie comes out." It needs to be the same buzz voice. The series can be different, but we want this quote unquote TV movie version, which was like the hour long thing they were quoting as a TV movie. We want it to yeah. be the same voice actor. So they had and he was furious because they'd already animated it, like locked it. It was already done. They weren't going to reanimate it with it. So Tim Allen, him, like, so Tim Allen, yeah, had to listen to Pat to Warburton and try and do his buzz as Warburton's cadence, Dude. which is only his cadence, right? <laughs> so it was kind that's of a, a mess, and he was so apparently that, like, Tim like, Allen is like listening to somebody do the character better. Right, right. And he's he was apparently <laughs> furious the whole time of being like, this guy's this guy's voice is crazy. Like, I can't do this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, just being like a total dick about it. <laughs> well, and then Buzz now, like Tim Allen now is just like, hey, what are Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even. You know what Ward Burton's so great in? I think I brought this up to Kyle years ago, and I doubt it. It stuck. But those that Netflix series of unfortunate events show is peak ward burton like sad like he's such an, an from all the way back to seinfeld there's like this inherent sadness to him mm -hmm. that's so heartbreakingly rendered in those in that show totally and he's basically like the framing device like narrator like he's in he's i would say 10 snicking, minutes of yeah. the entire show but he's so beautiful in it bitter Peter, I'd like to talk to you about these orphans. Town Olaf is uh, starting fires. I don't have any family. Peter, I see oh. you never pulled off a loop-de-loop -loop there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm a, I'm a bit of a dog detective. <laughs> don't you see? He makes everything better. Yeah, uh, took my sunshine away. <laughs> it was the... Uh, Finest beating I ever took. <laughs> Guys, twas, uh, twas beauty. Killed the beast. Twas beauty. We've done them all. Be excellent. <laughs> no one listens. I got an Asian girlfriend. She's really Asian. She's a panda. <laughs> I like pandas. <laughs> Panda. You know Stuart Little is good at nunchucks. He knows how to use nunchucks. Uh, yeah, I swear I to God, I saw him do that in one of those movies. I once watched Stuart Little win an Olympic gold medal. Dang the hard kid. He's good. Pretty good. Moto Panakeku. Harry. Moto Panakeku. This is this is chaos. This is a two star rating right now. Welcome, oh my god, guys, we're to, talking uh... about fucking food fight. Guys, 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 guys. 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 Welcome to diminishing returns. Uh... <laughs> 
Please rate and review Diminishing Returns, however you feel about that show. Listen, guys. One animator said that Kasanoff, this we're talking about food fight, would request that things be, quote, more awesome or, quote, 30% better um, and didn't understand why someone trained in texture couldn't do modeling work. So this is kind of similar to um, our boy Brendan from the L.A. Noir days. And we're going to get in. There's more yeah, L.A. Noir parallels totally. here. Um, the, the reason that was because the production started using a totally new software that was much more specific called Maya mm-hmm. that was uh, geared towards like specialists, meaning like previously it w- they were using a software where like kind of anyone can do anything. And this was much more geared towards like, I, I'm sorry, I do texture. That's it. And he just didn't understand how to do that. But well, also it, a direction like 30% better. It, the fuck does that it mean? It sounds like I know I have being a, you know, doing freelance work and I'm sure Spike has, but I'm sure Richard has too of like just talking to somebody who's trying to like direct you in using a thing, a technology that they do not understand. And they're like, well, just come yeah. in and make it come in, come in with us, <laughs> come in with a snap flash and just yeah. have it, just have it, just have it bang back into a snap flash. And we'll go right there and, and then and then have it click over. And you're like, what? Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and then turn it into a wiki so you can save it as a JDF. And you're like, what's a JDF? <laughs> and they're like, Jason David Frank. He played the White Ranger. Also the Green Ranger. Also the Red Ranger. Also UFC fighter. Fuck. Okay. Kasanoff sourced out a part of the production to House of Moves, a motion capture company and image metrics, which had developed software to sync animation to a voice actor's filmed performance. Basically like kind of proto motion capture. Um, But, and you guys might be surprised at this, image capture, or I'm sorry, image metrics had a limitation which was that the performers had to stare straight ahead and keep completely still. (laughs) Does that remind you of anything? Here's the thing is like all of these, like it's, it's, it's missing the forest through the cheese with this sort of technology because it's, it's clearly somebody problem solving and then not realizing that, the performance is what you're trying to capture and it's yeah. what you're cutting the legs out of. It's like designing. I don't realize the... that they're solving it with a problem. Right. Like if you like, it's like designing the perfect car and there's nowhere to sit inside of it. Like you can't yeah. get in it to drive it, you know, like it's so <laughs> aerodynamic and tightly designed and everything is in the perfect place. And there's not a, an ounce of wasted weight, but you can't, you well, cannot a- enter the vehicle to another. Like, it's like if you built a car, without a windshield like you wouldn't realize that that's a problem until you started driving it right right you're like oh it's great it's more visibility and then you drive and like shit is in your eyes all the time and you're like wait there's a reason x y and z exist um so as you can as just like Eleanor, the result was subdued with eyes appearing vacant or looking in the wrong direction like that's why like a lot of eye lines are wrong this is also why like if you compare that first trailer, there are certain shots that are recreated in the final film, um, particularly, uh, is it Lady X? Yeah, who, her eyes look so much better in, 
the original trailer because they were an animator. Pardon me. An animator creating the emotion as opposed to some software trying to force out an image from this motion capture technology. Well, and I can see how using these motion capture technologies do balloon a budget, because especially at those times, these other companies that they're like, you know, licensing out to or whatever can pretty much charge them whatever they want, because they're going to come in and say, oh, yeah, we need 12 million because we're going to do 30 million worth of animating through our techniques. And then the quote unquote 30 million worth of animating you get all looks kind of wonky and off. And they're like, well, that's, you know, limitations of the tech and blah, 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 like. You know, yeah, I could see. yeah, it's like getting it's like a it's like a mechanic ripping you off, you know? Yeah. Layout artist Kenneth Wyattrack said there's a very conscious exaggeration in animation that makes it feel alive. And the mm-hmm. mocap didn't work like that. It gave you a first pass of animation, but it wasn't particularly lively. Animators would then have to attempt to apply plasticity or na- and to natural movements, which only increased their jarring motion. It's exactly the same as uh, uh L.A. Noir, where like the body is moving correctly, the head, the face looks correct, but for some reason none of this is attaching to itself. Right, right. It's it's the it's uncanny valley in a totally different way that you're used to, where you're just looking at it and you're like, like there's something about in Toy Story, right? So every character in Toy Story walks a different way, right? But they all mm-hmm. feel correct. Like, the way that Woody moves, he has these sort of more noodly arms, and, like, T-Rex sort of, like, waddles. You know what I mean? They, like, there is, there is a conscious They move like the respective effort. toys, right. you know? And, and Until, I think, like, the fourth movie where they're people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, as the production wore on, the most... The more overt... <clears throat> sorry. As the production wore on, the more overt innuendo began to upset staff members. Um, so this, it's pretty obvious, like just watching it, like this is like lady X, like is like the hottest Nazi in any cartoon right. you'll ever see. Right. Um, yeah. Doing like schoolgirl dances, uh, and Dude, Dex yeah, has like a visible and... erection during what? the schoolgirl dance. Oh yeah. <laughs> Head back to that. Um, also like, so so dog there penis. are other things similar to that angel soft baby where like McKee <laughs> foods. Penis. Wouldn't I'm I'm trucking through this. <laughs> McKee Foods wouldn't allow Daredevil Dan to make cat calls at Little Debbie. So like, there's still these like negotiations with the brands well, that are little. Well, you now. better not. That's Little Debbie. She's little. Um, Daredevil Dan, as voiced by Wayne Brady, he's doing his like it's been a while apology video for, <laughs> yeah. for inappropriately. <laughs> um. One snack, unnamed snack mascot was originally to declare a case of, quote, peanut envy. But this was cut. Wow. Was it going to be Mr. Peanut? Look, I don't know who's going to have peanut. Swing it a little I, stick, look, having Mr. a top peanut that isn't going to have peanut envy. A little peanut envy. Okay. Uh, Peter, I came back as a baby nut. Uh, Peter, baby it's nut. a peanut for the peanut. I'm envious of your peanut. Peter, I'm a baby nut. Uh, <laughs> Peter, I think it would work out great. <laughs> you know, I'm a nut mascot, but I'm actually a lagoon. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a spam. <laughs> um, there's so also, guys, there's there, uh, like, somebody calls... 
I, I can't remember who somebody refers. I think it's Hillary Duff calls Lady X a bimbo. Yes, this like, bimbo is gonna take down. Is going down, like where the whole like gonna he won't punch her because he's a girl, and then the two girls fight to like a techno song. Hey, I hot take. I think it's okay to punch Nazi girls. Yeah, go ahead, go right. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone's fine with that. Peter, I think you can punch a Nazi if you'd like to. Peter, I'm not gonna like uh, let a woman kill my mom and then be like, I can't punch her. She's a woman. I'm also not gonna let that. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't punch Casey Anthony. She's a woman. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice you're a girl. Go right about your Guess day, these man. These fists are getting holstered right back in here, little Lord, boy. We should be a John Wayne friend. We should say, uh, other than in extreme cases of Nazi or uh, like life or death, uh, don't. But yeah, don't. <laughs> but think... sometimes, and this is Kyle saying this. Go ahead and punch that girl. <laughs> and yeah, this is this is Kyle signing off. If she's a Nazi or attacking you with a with a ketchup based tank. I think you're allowed. <laughs> you punch that bimbo. Uh, good night and good luck. Um, the it's also like something in the Heinz like, Panzer. The only two characters that at all look like human beings are the two women we're supposed to find like sexual. Yeah, it's is, so bizarre. Is dude. Lady X? Yeah, imagine if that was the goodness. green M M&M, and M though. <laughs> right, <laughs> that we'd all be okay with with him punching. I really just don't think that there is like. Like, from a character design standpoint, like, even the Lady X character, there is something going on. There is dark hair. There, like, the the sunshine raisin waifu cat girl, I <laughs> it literally looks like a free thing you downloaded oh, yeah. it looks on like a, a website. Yeah, it looks like... Yeah, it looks like a VR chat avatar. It does. It looks like a VR chat or Second Life. Like, it, it IMVU. Mm-hmm. It looks like an IMVU girl. So, in 2005, Threshold secured roughly $20 million in additional financing through private investors represented by StoryArk, a financing firm's that had been impressed by the brand tie-ins, the celebrity voice cast, which included Chris Kattan, and a new distribution deal Kasanoff had struck with Lionsgate. So finally they had a distributor in Lionsgate. Hmm. Um, the studio became upset, however, when the, the release dates just kept getting like delayed. Like You'd go to these website, the website, and the landing page would just keep saying, like, coming spring 2005, coming 2006, coming summer 2006, coming, you know, fall 2007. Like, it just kept going. Um, eventually, uh, Story Arc's investors, frustrated by the missed release dates and the fact that Threshold's production company had defaulted on a secured promissory note, invoked a clause ultimately giving the insurance company, Fireman's Fund, the right Richard, you good? Oh, I'm good. My dog just wanted to get out of the room. Oh, sorry. I thought I heard something else. I'll reset. So, Story Arc's investors, frustrated by the missed release dates and the fact that Threshold's production company had defaulted on a secured promissory note, invoked a clause ultimately giving the insurance company, Fireman's Fund, the right to step in and complete the film as quickly and cheaply as possible. Basically, Story Arc's, like, final, you know, the sort of, Investors at the end were like, you were legally supposed to be done. This thing sucks. 
we're going to let we're going to do the thing that like every movie is is capable of doing but no movie ever does which is like let the insurance company have it so it's the it is the producers right like that's yeah if you go to if you, that's what i'm saying is that it, the point was to fail my man is Bialystok right now and like if you go and try to like rent this on itunes or something the copyright the rights are to fireman's fund an insurance company released this movie Wow. And they released it by making them finishing the movie as quickly as they can. And that is why the movie literally looks unfinished. Shots barely realized were pushed through. An animator from the later, later stages of the production said the film was already ruined. They were just trying to salvage what they could. The film was shelved until 2012 when Fireman's Fund obtained the full copyright to Food Fight. Now, I can't figure out what that means, full copyright. My guess is that, like... There all were the sort characters. of because of all the brand deals, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the create the absolving of like those rights took a while. Um, yeah, my sleep paralysis demon wasn't available to sign for Mr. Clipboard for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, it, it began selling it to territories. Some of the plush toys and storybooks made it to stores, and you can still find them on eBay. You can find like a four pack for like thirty five bucks of all the. They made a toy out of like four characters. Um. In the United States, Viva Entertainment waited until Walmart could assure good display placement and released it in May of 2012. This is why I'm saying, like, in 2012 is where it just started trickling out of <laughs> Fireman's Fund. Um, yeah, there is no kind of... release because the company who's releasing it doesn't know how to release a movie. They're an insurance company. they kind of don't want you to know that a movie is coming out. They kind of don't well, want it's like... you. They just want to, like, let it out and see if any money comes back. Yeah, because they're built off that scam because it's an insurance company. They know how to write that kind of thing off. And it, and it's also like I was wondering right. why, regardless of how bad the movie is, why there were six full-length versions of it on YouTube. Yep. Like that usually just doesn't happen with a movie unless rights have lapsed uh, and there's really no way to take it down. And so that totally makes sense of like this insurance company is not policing whether or not people they are They don't know how to protect, protect a movie. They can't, yeah. yeah and they honestly, can't protect it. It's like I got a good copy of the movie from YouTube too. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it didn't yeah, it's look terrible. I, I mean, it looked terrible, but yeah, <laughs> it looked terrible. It looked... But it didn't look it didn't look beyond terrible of a movie you watch off YouTube. We're wait we're all waiting for the Criterion. I will. <laughs> I'll write I will, the essay. I will say there was a, a joke that I'll I thought was a joke at first, but now I'm positive was not a joke. Uh, but it's every time there's a wide shot of the. Uh, grocery store to establish that it is now nighttime and we are going back into the brand, the Ike world. Um, there's the same shot of like the last car leaving the parking lot and hitting With the a shopping cart and like a shopping a car, cart, yeah. which the first time you see it, like feels kind of Pixar, -y, right? Like almost like has that yep. kind of like vibe. And then the second time you're like, oh, it's a fun callback. And the third time I was like, oh, OK, rule of threes. The fourth time I was like, OK, we're setting up for a fifth time. Joke. They just made fifth one time, shot. Yeah. And then the sixth time I was like, they've made one shot. Yeah. <laughs> they animated well, um, one exterior. <laughs> well, they've made two shots because uh, the carts go different ways. Well, and so even there's one that goes left and one that goes right. Oh, Which, but like even watching the movie, there are moments where people would just kind of like stare in silence for like two seconds. And like that shit adds up mm -hmm. eventually mm -hmm. where like mm -hmm. you can get minutes out of 
beats between well, lines. Because a good, a good animator is obsessive about frames. You know what I mean? And like I, um, and like, like hustle. Like, and, like and, my like my buddy who's a, a, a pretty skilled animator, uh, Chaz Bottoms. Shout out to him. Chaz draws on Instagram. Shout uh, out. He's Great review amazing, that, and he he will literally be like, yeah, that's six frames. Like from watching yeah. something, like he's got such a trained eye of it of being like, you know, they think that way, the same way that a, a filmmaker wow. thinks in shots and storyboarding, and you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. there's a there's a genre of kids movies that I call daycare movies, mm-hmm. and um, it's like it's not the Pixar movies, it's not like uh, any of those major it's like cartoon the boss ones. It's baby like ancillary. Netflix. The, the yeah, yeah the Netflix series. like that type of stuff and then this isn't even as good as like daycare movies like Ferdinand that like a uh, John Cena bull movie mm-hmm. is like a daycare mm-hmm. movie you know cloudy with a like, chance of meatballs even like approaches daycare movie status cloudy with a chance of meatballs 2 is 100% a daycare movie because like <laughs> it's it's this like guaranteed money that you can make because like all right this like that uh, like this building that just houses a library of DVDs so kids aren't bored We'll probably buy this, and so that guarantees us like some money back, you know. Ford v <laughs> Ferrari, definite date. But movie. but when you have a movie mm-hmm. that's saying like bimbo and shit, and like characters are like a a gay, like sexually assaulting Chaco vampire, it Guys, like yeah, it, it's 100%. not gonna get bought is by hot. the yeah. And there's like boners and and not sexy Nazi upskirts a like frog poops on Mr. Clean. Yeah, I mean, nobody is going to uh, a, a French wheel of cheese man farts in a, a Nazi s- lizard's face. Now he fucking dies. Now that's a cool thing that happened, he Kyle, and you dies. know. It. There's like death in this. Yeah, he does die, doesn't he? Well, yeah, it's what happens when the food fight. We also talked about I am uh, IBM earlier, but there is that bizarre they go to like a computer and there's like an IBM loading screen that like comes out of the computer and like tells them any wisdom they wish to know. Uh, there's a lot of like um most of the actual most of the conflict in this movie is solved within the scene. Mm-hmm. Like nothing carries out like and then every every investigation is very quick where like there's that character that's mostly a nose. Yeah. That like he's like, let me take a look. Oh my god, I just looked at this and like there's no I and I rhythm. don't understand what brand he's supposed to be. He's like, the nose nose he's the nose, Kyle. I thought it was like a glasses thing. Well, I thought maybe it was like a, a, a like Zycam or something, like a, a anti-flu medicine or something. But I had no fucking idea. At least okay, with Toy Story, you know the shit they create. You know what they're trying to do. Yeah, right? at least and you I, know with Kung Tofu that he's a dragon who loves tofu. He's a dragon that loves tofu and wants to fight crime. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, I mean, it, it, the movie trickles out in 2012. Threshold Entertainment, as of like 2012, was trying to like raise money for a documentary on Kickstarter. There was no plans to go into animation. They're still around to make your friendly theme park video. Larry Kasanoff is an executive producer on the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie. Um, that feels like a contract thing of like he has to be there. Yeah, it's a John Peters thing. In. Yeah. Uh, Threshold Entertainment, no though, has now teamed up with the, the Tetris company to develop a film adaptation of Tetris. 
Kasanoff describes the film uh, as Peter, an I'm epic. A, I'm a long block, Peter. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is you going know being to... a uh, being a six square hold on, L. Hold on. Life have really no idea. hits you hard. Kasanoff describes the film as an epic sci-fi adventure that will form part of a trilogy. Ooh, and when the trilogy is complete, all three movies will disappear. Disappear, and yeah, you get some points. <laughs> Just like this information loading into my brain, it lines up and disappears. Yeah. In 2016, sources reported on a press release claiming the film would be shot in China in 2017 with an $80 million budget. Instead, uh, they shot him in China. However, no... <laughs> <laughs> uh, sources confirm that the the film was ever went into production. Um, to cap that, because it's interesting, is that Taron Edgerton is now set to play video game entrepreneur Hank Rogers in a film about the legal battle surrounding Tetris, which actually sounds like a perfect episode for us in the future. Yeah, totally. And I love Taron Egerton. He's my he's oh, my man. he's he's a face yeah, worth sitting. He gets it done. He's he's made a, he's made one single bad movie. Kingsman 2? Robin Hood? No, uh, Robin Hood. Uh, wow, Robin sounds like Hood. he's made two. So. <laughs> Kingsman I... 2 has its moments, but uh, yeah. It's it's not the best. In ter- it's I would say it's the third best Take Me Home Country Road movie of that year. I'd say it's the yeah. third best Kingsman movie. <laughs> Did the Kingsman come out? I don't No, it got pushed. So. Oh no, man! I can't. I don't. I don't care. And then Statesman <laughs> and Statesman Two, Channing's Channing's franchise finally. You know, where he plays Kyle and I. It, this is weird. Thinking back on it now, Kyle and I went and saw Kingsman Two in theaters, and we did. I don't even remember. We laughed that. out great. loud watching. We we laughed out loud through the entire American Made trailer. I remember that. <laughs> um, and which I ended up seeing and I liked, but we laughed through the trailer. Now. I remember there's the moment where, like, Channing Tatum, because he didn't want to be in the movie pretty much, went on ice, and he was replaced with Pedro Pascal. Who better casting, I, which I now is a only, That's what I'm saying. Is he had only kind of been in Game of Thrones at that point, so when Kyle and I left, we were like, were we supposed to fucking care about who that guy is? <laughs> well, because they now, gave him so a hero back, shot. It's like, so oh, Channing yeah. Tatum w- had to be put on ice because of his contractual obligations to reshoot G.I. Joe 2? Yeah, you got like him. That, you right? It was like, there was, like a, there was like a massive reshoot situation. Sometimes you have to retaliate. Sometimes. Yeah. Peter, sometimes you have to retaliate. Because a seven-nation army is not going to hold me back. Ah, Peter, I'm a Joe. But yeah, you Joe know what Peter. I just realized is that <laughs> he sounds like that his song in Magic Mike. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> Peter, Peter, Peter. Oh man, Peter, Peter, Peter. I mean, what the fuck, Tetris? Somebody. Is, I mean, we've talked about video game adaptations with no story before, but I mean, fuck you. That's like making puzzle the game. 100%. The, the movie, I mean, like, fuck out of here. It's this is marbles. It's just one of the, the ones movie. that. Uh, it's just one of those things where I feel like they option a movie to keep the co- like the copyright going with them in a different avenue. You know, it's like they never mean to make these things. They just sign people to them. So, one last question: <laughs> What was it worth it? 
No, it wasn't even like like I texted like this movie went in one ear and eye and then out the other. Yeah, it's like I've watched I just, this movie and I don't think I I saw it. You know what's fascinating to me is this movie did almost feel done at about the 50 minute mark and then it somehow oh, yeah. had about another hour. And I don't know what happened in that other hour, but it does feel like that was tacked on. It, to answer the question, I I wonder how often a movie like this, how many movies like Food Fight exist out there that get unfinished, that have these casts that mm. are in like weird levels of previs or like have been shot 60% of the way and lost funding and like that we've just never but heard didn't of. didn't get released, yeah. Right, that we've never heard of that just get abandoned and the insurance pays out and everybody moves on and takes the loss and like those fascinate me. They so, must be so obscure too because like Storks came out. Yeah. Yo, Storks was good. Storks Yo, honks. Storks, Storks reminds <laughs> Stork, me of... Storks is tight. Uh, Directed by Scott Mosier. There's a great, uh, great stand-up comedian. Uh, her name is Katrina Davis. Uh, stand-up comedian in the LA area. Fucking hilarious. Uh, hilarious comic. Shout out, um, rate and review. Shout out, rate and review her. She rips. Uh, she has a great joke about how the, uh, the stork who... <laughs> the Velasic pickle stork... Like, he's like, every other stork delivers babies. This motherfucker, what did he do to get <laughs> demoted to demoted pickles? To pickles? <laughs> <laughs> every other stork is trusted with, like, human life. <laughs> They're like, why don't we give you the pickle? Yeah. Here, you can have a jar See of how you do with it. Uh, you know, uh, maybe if you're good with pickles, we'll move you to poppies. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, her bit's much funnier. She, I, I didn't do justice, but go, 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 go through her a follow. She's a great uh, Twitter follow yeah. too. Very funny. Um, but yeah, no, uh, ultimately, uh, this movie is clearly not worth it. Cause it clearly wasn't even worth it to anybody to see it through. I mean, as a director, uh, to still have your name on this and not Alex Smithy, this is, uh, pretty indicative of the 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 job the amount of work he's willing to put in on a project and i think that kind of shows in like those like mortal Kombat annihilation or other movies that like really need a, a strong producer to help them get across in a great way and he clearly has no he's like a guy that likes to make meetings to raise money and make money was this only released because 2012 is when the Charlie Sheen meltdown started happening and they thought they could at least capitalize some bit. No, there's like, no... is that the tiger blood era of like, uh, it, of like, uh, winning it was, and... but there's no capitalization here. They literally needed it off there. They needed to put those files away. And I feel like just like the stars aligned to be like, oh, maybe if they're at Walmart, they might see Charlie Sheen on there and think that's a cool fun. Yeah, thing, but you look you know? at the like, DVD cover and that thing is fucking buried. The, and yeah, the, it doesn't even say Charlie Sheen on there, which right. it should front and center during that sort of time when no, he was the, like. No, the cover is selling it off of like the the chicken, the, you know, the sun kissed fish is there. And Mr. Yeah. Clean is like in yeah, a shopping it, it, cart, and it's it looks like, like the, the and jackass, it's like jackass cover, yes. but with 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 shitty mascots that are in forty seconds of this movie. <sighs> oh my god! Well, I actually think this ended up. I was worried, and I genuinely feel that this was a monstrous movie. It, this was a monster fucking March. monster, uh, and I am so fucking. I feel like I fought a monster. 
even watching this movie and then talking about it. I'm so I feel like we're all getting ready to see monsters fight. And I think, Kyle, you can let us know. Like, you can help us get ready for the ultimate monster battle at the end of this month. What do you got for us next week? And maybe even the week after that. Guys, this is a franchise that I fucking adore. Um, Kaiju movies are something that ever since I was a little kid, I always fucking loved. I was a big, the biggest moment for me was always the end of Power Rangers when they would fight as the Megazord and the giant creature. I loved that shit. Any Ultraman that I could ever see that they would, they would show like a little bits of Ultraman on Fox kids sometimes. And like any of that shit I was always obsessed with. So naturally I was always obsessed with Godzilla. Also, he hated my boy King Kong, who we've established was a villain in my mind and psyche. Oh yeah, he um, was waiting in the in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I think about that every fucking day. King Kong, not in my hallway. Um, uh, th- th- there are uh, there are people who have messaged me about the podcast to say, "Oh my god, it is so funny that Kyle was afraid of King Kong." <laughs> well, that is that is to say um, that the the enemy of King Kong uh, that we'll be covering uh, in a multi part series uh, will be covering. Um, not only a little bit of the Roland Emmerich uh, Godzilla, which we, which we will touch on, and I'm sure we'll talk about the 2014 Godzilla, but we will be talking about the unproduced TriStar John DeBont 1994 mm. Godzilla film. An alumni of, of uh, yes. Development Hell. You remember from our Speed what? and Speed 2 mega episode. So as you said, that's an unmade film, but is there any... Any single piece of homework our listeners could take home with them? I would, would it be say, the Roland Emmerich, the, the yeah, Matthew Broderick Godzilla? Yeah, I would say Godzilla? watch the Roland Emmerich Godzilla if you want to. If you have time, throw it on um, to sort of understand what they ended up going with. Uh, but it's, it's a very interesting um, tale of a movie promised to be so big that it would change a studio. And then sort of how it fell apart. And I think it will be a lot of a, awesome. I think it'll be a very interesting story. I can't wait. I love Godzilla myself, so I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very stoked. Well, I'm excited about Tizzy Mav, who gave us our awesome intro music with our names in it. Thank you and shout out to you. Th- shout out to everybody who reviewed us at five stars because we, we know we're, we're focusing on those twos and threes. Spike but pause for you too. Did get some five star love. Yeah, we did. And thank you to everyone, to any new listeners we've got recently. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, check out some of the back catalog. The, uh, the, the audio quality does does dip uh, occasionally, but, but we're doing our best here uh, recording these um, across the country during COVID. Uh, and that's all very new. You know, we've, we've recorded podcasts, many of us in person, but, but these are some sort of new technical issues that we've been dealing with. Um, but we've been trying to get you guys some very uh, interesting episodes. And I, I think all of our episodes have had a ton of info and some really fun laughs. So check out the back catalog. 100%. So rate, review, subscribe. Ideally four, maybe five stars. But literally, like, start balancing those scales for us, people. If you're listening, please let us know that you're listening and you're liking. We want to know what we're doing wrong, but do it in a five star. If, you, if you're mad at us, five star us and then tell us. Better, uh... Wanted to know if you could not breathe directly into the mic. <laughs> That's me. I That's can my hear you. Problem. For, yeah, for me, it's like Peter. I can hear you smoking a bowl. I could love it if you <laughs> fucking mute your mic. <laughs>
it's an ASMR experience. Listen, um, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Week. Bye, demons. Bye. I love the smell of dog shit. No, that can't be a thing we do at the end of every every. <laughs> <laughs>